Hi, everybody. This is Madeline with Embrace the Madness. Thanks for tuning in this week. It's been a really intense past couple of weeks, and I just want to acknowledge all of the feelings that we've all been experiencing. Fear, anger, guilt, frustration, so many different complex emotions. And I have just really taken the last couple of weeks to hold space and to reflect and to figure out what this means and how we can move forward, you know. And so I'm sure, you know, I didn't post last week. I just didn't, I didn't feel that there was anything I could contribute or even like had processed enough to contribute. And so I kind of dipped out of social media and paid attention to kind of things on a local level. And so they had started doing protests ever since uh, George Floyd had gotten murdered and his murder like didn't even get charged and so they had pretty much started taking the streets as soon as it happened and so I I immediately just shifted into kind of a physical presence and I didn't really know what to say on social media which I mean obviously it it's a no-brainer kind of like you're either against police brutality or you're oblivious but and I don't mean to say that as in a disrespectful way it's just when you can look at things for what they really are then that's kind of where the truth comes and so kind of I needed to get all my thoughts in order and so I wasn't here on this platform and I think that also comes with being like running a platform and just figuring out I mean I'm sure we've all seen kind of how the internet has reacted to all of this and I think for me it's just so intense I have to like take a step back and I don't want that to sound like I took a step back to ignore anything that was happening. I think I just have like this weird, weird thing with social media that I'm trying to overcome. But I think immediately after I had like taken some time to process, I was like, fuck, of course I have to post. Of course I have to say something. And so I think mainly taking priority on my like personal account. But yeah, so Today, you you can tell by the title, we're going to talk about a lot of these really challenging and difficult... Whoa. <laughs> there was like a weird squeaky thing outside. But yeah, so all of these feelings that us as white people are feeling are probably all over the place. <clears throat> and I think that's because it's been such a taboo thing that no one's wanted to talk about so that we don't have to talk about it and we don't have to face these difficult realities and we don't 
have to think about things that don't pertain to us. But like, and I'll start basically the episode by saying that our privilege is learning about racism instead of having to experience that. And I think that's a really powerful statement because we will never know to the full extent of how that affected an entire like community of people. And just learning all of these things that we were not taught and not shared and not told and lied about and things were pushed under the rug. And now it's like, what the fuck? Like, to me, I'm kind of in a place of like, I'm acknowledging all these feelings that I'm having, but I'm also like, okay, I can't get stuck in this. I have to do something about it. And so I think right now is a place of acknowledging what's happened and acknowledging that silence is not okay anymore and acknowledging that true change is going to come from taking action. And so if you've made it this far, (laughs) I just want to like let the record show that Embrace the Madness is a platform that supports the Black Lives Matter movement that denounces police brutality. And I'm going to speak up for racial justice wherever I can and to take care of like everyone in the community because I think our existence, yeah, is like meaningless, but at the same time, like on our little local human level, this is our reality. And so this is what we have to embrace. And we have to embrace these hard conversations and embrace these moments. And this truly kind of allows us to grow into our human power. And when I say human, I just mean like this being of love and light. And I think this whole time I've just realized that I have had like kind of a direct path to spirituality and I haven't ever had to think about things that black people or anyone else of color might have to go through before they get to the fact of accepting themselves and loving themselves. I think it's crazy to think that spirituality and wellness is some like white woman led movement because it's not. And I think that acknowledging the diversity of the universe and realizing that there are so many different identities and that we couldn't exist without each other and that everybody in this universe comes together to like, you know, put their piece in the big puzzle. And I've kind of been thinking about, and a lot of either podcasts I listen to or people on Instagram have been talking about spiritual bypassing. And that I think is a big thing in this community because yeah, of course we're all one, but I don't think collectively that we understand that. And so it's very dismissive and invalidating to claim, oh, there's no color and we're all one and we're all children of God. And it's like, yeah, I get that. But like, that's not what we're talking about right now. And so it's kind of hurtful to say that because right now there are people who don't believe that. And there are people who 
profile people based on their skin color and there are rules and legislation in place to prevent non-white people to, you know, get the shit into the stick. And I think that it's really important that we learn and acknowledge all of these kind of discrepancies in the spiritual community because part of our spiritual journey is working out those hard, difficult, challenging things. And the shadow work is necessary. And it's not always like high vibes and positivity. And so completely like ignoring the fact that racism still exists is kind of invalidating. And so I think it's important for us to remember that not everybody has the same experience and gets to go through the same things to lead them to where they are today. And when I say that specifically, and I was listening to uh, the Manifestation Bay podcast, and she did an interview kind of thing with a woman named Allison Bird, and she they just talk about like the law of attraction and manifesting, but... Allison was just sharing that like in order to get to where you need to be to be able to you know manifest and like heal is like you have to go through a lot of trauma and there's certain layers of trauma that other people have experienced that is not understood by like you know the white community and we just all have different experiences growing up and so I think it's important to consider that when you are asking someone to, you know, meet you at this place and say, well, this is how you manifest this in your life, or this is how you, like, if you're a population that's been, like, economically oppressed, like, how are you supposed to just all of a sudden arrive at the conclusion that money is not bad, and money is not evil, and I am worth millions, like, how, it's just, and that's something that I, have just taken for granted my privilege and not having to think about it. And I, it's hard because it's like, of course, it's not that I don't care about it. It's just that I've grown up in this society that has kind of catered to white supremacy and that being kind of the general idea and structure on which like our country was built and all these laws and it's just fucked up (laughs) and like I think it's really important that we don't detract from this movement and detract detract from these stories and the black experiences because right now this is their this is their movement and we are using our privilege to lift up these people who have been silenced and marginalized. What's also interesting is a lot of the things that I've been reading about is talking about how this is like a white problem. And this is something that the white community is going to have to acknowledge and reconcile and heal and work through because I think something important to remember is like we can't just put all of our shame and guilt on like our black friends and we can't 
oh, I feel so guilty and I feel so shitty. It's like, well, no, duh. Like everybody does. And I think it's kind of on our own independent journey to do the work and to heal because it, like it, it just is what it is. And I might be getting into like, I'm kind of going into this, but I feel like it's so easy for us to get caught in the shame and the guilt because at least for me, I had this moment where I'm just like, oh my God, I've been sleeping this whole time. Like, I just never felt, I always felt that if I was kind to people and didn't, you know, make judgments and stuff based on race, that that was kind of how you dismantle, but, but it's like, it's not. And I can still be a compassionate, loving person, but I can also take action. And so I think for a lot of us, we are kind of in this weird situation of shame. And shame is such a complex emotion because it is like tied to our self-worth. And we feel like, okay, well, this is my behavior and these are the actions or words and now I feel so guilty and now that means I'm a bad person and this whole movement isn't to make you feel like you're a bad person and so I think that that's what they're kind of saying when this isn't like this isn't about us right now this isn't about how bad we're hurting this is about how bad they are hurting and this is about acknowledging that we have been complicit in perpetuating these systems. If you are feeling energized and angry and frustrated, then I think it's really important that we channel this and we we have this obligation as humans to help care for everybody. And that includes especially taking care of those who are oppressed and who are silenced and who are marginalized. And we have been taught that that doesn't exist. And we have been fed this propaganda and we have been fed all of these things. And if you are into it, if you're not, whatever. Well, thinking kind of like all the way back in like going back to the system well they realized that you can use fear as a tactic to control and that's exactly what America is now and we are this government who uses all these tactics to, I mean, we've got so many fucking people in our country. Like, how do you think they're going to like take care of them all, you know, or like not take care, but control them to keep them calm, to keep them, you know, complacent. Well, there is this tactic called divide and conquer. And it has been basically in place forever where you can create these like antagonistic narratives of 
populations of people so that they will fight and they will be occupied and they the last thing they want to do is work together and unite and so you can rest as part of the system knowing that these people aren't going to do anything to try to overthrow you and so you know that for instance right now pitting really right conservative people against these protesters and just creating these horrible narratives creating all of this anti-fascist and anti-white supremacy it's just like and I'm not saying that it's not true I'm just saying that like and you can even see it in the media just creating these horrible narratives against each other and now we can't even come together and like defeat who the real enemy is and the enemy is the government who's oppressing all of us it's just like when you wake up to all these things it's just like holy shit and like I kind of talked about it in the shattering reality episode but like it's a lot and it seems overwhelming but I think the important thing is to stay calm and to remember our individual power and that can be translated to civic power and all other sorts of things so yeah you probably got a little bit of my stance but I mean even just being a new platform like of course I'm gonna donate and of course I'm going to call my like I've been trying to get involved in local city stuff and our elections aren't until the fall but I mean it's so important and it's so crazy that the system has like put in so many things to pull us out of politics you know and like a democracy is what our con uh country was founded on and like we're not even a democracy anymore and like and the people are so checked out we're just in this weird situation and so acknowledging this weird situation and acknowledging that things need to change and yeah so I'm doing what I can in my local community to promote justice and all of these things and so if you have any more questions or you want to know what you can do totally feel free to shoot me a message um I think it's important that we open this dialogue and ask questions and reach out and see how we can help. If you think this is fucked up and you want to do something different, we're on it. Like, we're doing it. And so I was wondering, like, what... Because, okay, so we did this group and had this kind of civil disobedience training and they had us split off into groups and we were all kind of sharing our experiences with civil disobedience have we ever protested before are we new are we veterans kind of stuff like that and so one of the questions that this guy asked was well why now and I think that really it really stuck with me because I think since we were sleeping and since the whole like purpose of the system is to keep us sleeping and it's not our problem, so why do we have to think about it? 
Well, I just kept thinking like, like there's like a whole, I'm trying to like figure out how to explain it. I think initially when all of this started happening, like kind of shame rolled over me. And I think that uh, shame is like a big thing in my life that I'm trying to work through. And so I think I immediately felt it, but I wasn't, I didn't over identify with the shame. And I think that's a huge step. And so I think right now, a lot of people might be getting stuck in that shame. And, and I think that's where a lot of the silence comes from. And I think probably after understanding and kind of like understanding where I'm coming from is just like, I do feel shame because why now? Like, of course, I'm like, oh my God, like, I don't even know, but like, I'm here now. And I think that's like probably a question that we'll never be able to fully truly answer. But I think, I think it's really important that we work through the shame and shame is really complex. Like I said before, because it's totally tied in with our self-worth and at the beginning of the podcast, when I was talking about a lot of those themes, feeling worthless and unloved makes you feel rejected. And when you feel rejected, you don't feel whole and you feel different and separate and lost and all of these things. And so I just want to ask you for a minute to think about how uncomfortable shame feels and think about how uncomfortable guilt is and think about how frustrating it is to deal with these things and imagine that you had this like weird just feeling in your gut and you were ashamed of who you are now I want you to realize that This is how the black community has felt for hundreds of years. That is just fucking horrible. Like it's horrible. And it's horrible to think about how it kind of just has been a thing and nobody said anything and nobody's done anything. And the Black Lives Movement kind of gained traction in 2016, but then... I don't know, the media and the government kind of just like let it kind of run its course. And when you really look at how the system has downplayed racism and avoided it and created this whole taboo thing, then you start feeling fucking pissed. And I think our feelings are really important to recognize and acknowledge and sit with. But I think, I think right now is a time of compassion and empathy. And it's a very, very important thing that we hold space and recognize all of this trauma that has happened for the black community. And recognize that they are having to relive this trauma every day 
every day. I think one of the biggest eye openers that I got was like, I don't like police. And, and I say like, they make me nervous. And I think I just have this like fear of authority and like fear of punishment and getting in trouble. And so I freak out like if a cop's behind me or I always make sure I go the speed limit. If I get pulled over, God forbid, I'm like shaking and like blah, 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 blah. But like if you're white, it never goes through your mind for any second that you may or may not die from this interaction. And I think that's really powerful because that is a reality for black people and it's just something that as white people we don't think about but like just because we don't think about it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist and I think I mean this has definitely been something that's like a reality in Memphis because we're in the south and historically like this has been the center for really intense strong like racial tension and it has to do with all the slave owners who have lived down here and just the horrible horrible things that have happened down in the south it's why it's happening right now I'm not sure But I will say that, like, my eyes are fully open and I think it's like I've been sleepy and, like, you know, when you're waking up from sleeping and, like, sometimes it's hard for your eyes to open, but they're slowly opening. Well, I think now, like, I'm fully awake. I've had my coffee and I'm ready. I'm ready to help. Like, if this is, if this is a result of, like, older white generations strengthening these systems and creating this divide and creating these laws that punish people based on the color of their skin like okay well then it's like I need to go fix this with my people you know and and I think that this stuff is really important to talk about and Like I said before, like, it's a privilege that we get to tune out. It's a privilege that you can say, oh, I just want things to go back to normal. Oh, blah, blah. Like, that's that's a fucking privilege. And I think that we have to acknowledge that it exists. Like, we cannot pretend that it does not exist. And if you don't think that it exists, then I just urge you to look in your local community and look at these laws and look they're they're all racially like backed and it's just it just it really makes you upset because you feel like you're like fuck I got got I got got by the system and and I think that's the enemy there not someone else because they're a different color, you know? And so, like I said, I think shame is just this big overwhelming emotion. And I think 
that we don't know how to handle it. And like being quiet is the only answer that we have because we're scared and we're scared and we feel bad and we feel like horrible. But this is an important time to remember that our silence is us complying with these, you know, things. And we have to accept this and we have to work through all of these feelings that we're experiencing and we have to work through our shame, but we cannot sit there and it it will not be healthy to sit in our shame. And so we must take the shame and turn it into action. And I think that's kind of where I've been is figuring out what are these steps that I can take to A, do the work, B, use my platforms as a, you know, a model for standing up for like marginalized people and standing up and taking care of our fellow humans. And that's where I'm at, you know. I think that because these emotions are so complex is that they have a lot of potential energy. And I don't remember exactly too, too much, but in physics and, you know, they talk about potential energy, kinetic energy. And I think kinetic is already like moving and potential is like kind of like, um, like if you think about a book that's about to fall off like a really tall shelf, like that book's got a lot of potential energy because like it's not moving right now, but it could because like, you know, gravity and all those things. And so I think that shame is kind of like that too, where there's a lot of energy here right now and it can go two ways. It can weigh us down and it can make us feel so bad and so yucky and paralyze us. And right now I feel like that's where a lot of people are. But I also think that there is another side of the spectrum where we can thrive and we can take all of these strong emotions and feelings and turn it into tangible, concrete things. And I think an important way to reconcile with our white privilege is to use it where we can for good and for justice and stop taking it for granted and use it. We have a voice. We have a voice that a government will listen to and we have to use our voice so that we can build up and amplify those people, specifically the black community, who have been oppressed for fucking hundreds of years. And I think that this privilege can go all sorts of ways. I think I think that that is our way to get back to the system and to help out our fellow humans is to like use our power and to take to take all of these things that the system favors and like use it against them like if they're going to take advantage of us like i ain't down for that you know and so like i said action kind of looks like different in different ways same same with our privilege i think 
I think it's important to recognize what white privilege is and accept that it is something. And it's just, you know, it's just something. And it's hurt a lot of people and we're done hurting people and we're ready to help people. And I'm going to share a couple things that I learned from some podcasts that I listen to. And one is support what you say by how you live. And I think that it kind of just like, it's one thing to share a meme, but it's another thing to actually like, you know, go out there and do the work and do the internal work and how you live and the actions you take will show and support what you're saying and support what you're standing for. And another kind of on a related note is proof through effort. And like, okay, it's one thing to say, yeah, I'm standing up against this, but it's another to hold yourself accountable and say, okay, well, what, what things am I doing to prove what I'm saying? Or like, what efforts am I taking? What donations have I been making? It's nothing to get punishy about. It's just these are these are serious questions that we have to ask ourselves and we have to be real and we have to be accountable. And I think that is a big step in, you know, contributing to the movement. So I'll go over a couple of kind of actiony things. Number one, and I think it's arguably probably the most important, but taking economic action and I think we have a huge economic privilege because I'm not sure I might be able to link it in the bio, but not bio, the description, but there was this video and it talked about how kind of, uh, systemic stuff has been put in place. And a lot of it starts with how they do different school funding based on the neighborhoods. So it's like, if you're in a poor neighborhood, your school's not going to have access to, all of the fun, cool things, internet, good teachers and stuff. Like, for instance, if you were going to a school with in a nice neighborhood with higher property tax. Well, so just naturally, by the way things are, I have a higher economic privilege. And that's not to say that I'm rich. And that's not to say that I'm, you know, loaded and whatever. That's just to say that historically and probably statistically, that my family has had it better off economically, even though it was in the middle class, more than a black family would. And so to me, I think thinking about it on an energetic level as money as like this symbolic kind of energy and a symbolic exchange. And by donating to these causes and donating to the Black Lives Matter movement and donating to these protester bail funds for these people who have been getting arrested for doing nothing but asking for a dialogue. And I think that this exchange is saying, I'm standing with you. And I am taking this dollar and I'm contributing it and investing in your success and your well-being. I think that's like primarily the biggest thing. If you don't feel comfortable going out in public with the fucking virus or you don't want to go to a protest because you don't want to get arrested or hurt, I think that that's totally valid. And I think a big thing 
too, is recognizing that we all have roles in this movement and it's just a matter of assessing what your skills are and how you can contribute your skills in a way that's best needed. So yeah, economic for sure. And then the physical, if you do feel like you want to provide assistance physically, a protest would be fucking great. Like they say it's better to have white bodies in between a black person and a cop because statistically they're not going to hurt us the way that they would hurt a black person. And so by taking this physical action and symbolically saying, hi, like I value your life and I will protect you. I think that is a big way to use our white privilege. Another really, really, really important thing is taking civic action. And I think that we have been, you know, told that, I don't know, politics is annoying and we're not supposed to talk about it. And like, I think that's why. Sorry, I'm just like going on a tangent. But yeah, tuning into your local community and building change from within there, because that's really where a lot of change starts. Because if all the little communities around the country get their shit together on a local level, then we can come together on bigger levels and make change. And so kind of like I was talking about earlier and in the reality shattering episode is like the government does not want us involved and the government wants to play everything off as if everything's fine and there's nothing to worry about. And I mean, I don't know. It's such a weird thing because, like, I was kind of taught the importance of voting. I think I felt passionate because the election with Barack Obama was the first election I could vote in. So that was really powerful. And I just felt compelled. And I'm, like, I'm probably, like, medium invested. And so I think now I'm just realizing, like, this is how you fight the system is to, like, play at their stupid little games. And if that means paying attention and electing people who are going to take care of our city, then that is what I need to do. And if I, as a white woman, have a privilege of having a voting license or whatever they're called, then I need to use my privilege and I cannot sleep on it. Because there are people with felonies who can never vote anymore. There are people who are victims of voter repression who cannot vote and who have to jump through obstacles so that they can maybe apply to vote. Like, the more you look into the system, the more you realize how fucked up it is. And it's really sad. And I think it's just, it's all coming together. And I think that we are in a really powerful place right now because... The millennials, I think, have a lot of power and we have learned from our parents and we've learned from our parents' mistakes and we have kind of learned history for the most part, but now we're realizing that we have been blind to half of what actually really happened. But I just think we're at a good place um, to come together and like I'm fortunate because 
I haven't really had a lot of race issues in my family. And I just mean like, I, I remember my grandparents saying the N word, but other than that, I didn't, there was no really like discord, but I think for a lot of people, that's not the case. And so I think as millennials now that we have this power to where we don't see things like that. And so I don't know. I just feel like we have bigger hearts or big hearts or maybe I'm just making all this up. I'm not sure, but I just feel like this, there's a lot behind it. And I think it has to do with Bernie losing and us realizing how corrupt everything is. But I really think that this is it. Like, I think, I think real change is happening and you can see it on the news. Like, I mean, Minneapolis is going to defund their police department. Like that is, that's insane. But I mean, realizing together that things need to change and that things are not okay is what is needed for us to make change and to take these steps. And so without going off too crazy, get in your local stuff and vote. You have the power as a citizen to stay involved and to inform yourself so that you can be aware of what's going on in your community. And if you don't vote, then you can put these people in power who don't care, are in it for the money, or maybe not even money, the fame. And like, we have, it's our job if we want to create this beautiful world and this beautiful reality, then we have to go out there and take the action. And I think we have to use our voice. Because if we don't use it, then we're going crazy. I think another action that we can take too is emotional. And what that means is informing our friends and having these dialogues and having these conversations and giving giving space for all of these things. And I think... I think that we can do so in a compassionate way. I think it's still really important to hold people accountable. But I think when we can have safe spaces for these conversations to happen, that's where the real learning and the real healing can begin. And so if you feel like you are at a place where you can have conversations like this and not get too heated, I think it's totally appropriate to do that for sure. Um. Yeah, I just really, really wanted to talk about all this stuff because I feel like it's just important. And I think that we have a lot of work to do, but I think it's really important work. And I think that we, I think that we can do this. We have to do it together and we have to stand up to help our communities that we have been complicitly silencing and we owe it to them and to ourselves to build a better community to live in and I think that's all I have to say about all that so if you're still listening thank you so much thank you for holding space thank you for allowing these dialogues to be had and I'm totally totally down to like start this dialogue and have the conversation because if we just keep shoving it under the rug, it's just going to get worse and bottled up and it's not going to be fun.
So I hope you are equally engaged and ready for change. And like I said, like if you have any questions or you want to know who to donate to, reach out. Uh, let ask me anything, honestly. Like I, I'm at a place where I think I can emotionally handle this work. And so I'm committing and I really, I just, I want you guys to help me and I want us to do this together. So I think I'm just rambling at this point. Um, black lives fucking matter. All black lives matter. And I, that's how I feel. And that's what Embrace the Madness is saying too. Uh, we, we're going to create a beautiful world and we have to do it together. So for once in my life, I actually know, I think, um, next week I'm going to talk with my friend Odd. Uh, he is this fucking cool ass musician in Memphis. I met him. He came to a show or we were at a show or something and he came up and talked to me and he was like, yo, I listen to your podcast. Like, I really appreciate you and your energy. And like at that time we hadn't really known each other, but I'm excited to get to know Odd. He's been such a inspiration and help. Um, just like having an ear to listen to me and my musical journey. But so he was telling me about how important it was to be fearless. And so we're going to talk about that and all sorts of stuff. So I hope that you stay strong. Please take care of yourself because this is a very emotionally intense time and so in order to show up and do the work we have to take care of ourselves so I'm going to take care of my sprained foot and yeah we're gonna keep working uh behind the scenes we're gonna keep donating and we're gonna do all these cool things so stay tuned uh please tune in next week and yeah, I'll talk to y'all soon. Bye. This is Madeline. Bye. Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode of Embrace the Madness. Don't forget to subscribe so you can learn to live your best life.